0: Alright, good to see you today. I'm glad everyone didn't take off to uh, the beach or the mountains or wherever folks go for Labor Day. So, good to see you here. Alright, Mike, give us some good sound back there. There we go, sounding better. Alright, I uh, wanted to say a couple of things about the technology survey I hope it's on the survey. I haven't, uh, well, I looked at it one time about two months ago, but one particular thing needs to be on that technology survey. They need to teach everyone how to put your phone on silent. And so, uh, yeah, how to turn it off or put it on silent. I got tickled. I came in. not too long ago I was talking to the admin staff there in the church and talking to the secretaries and I said, well so and so was in the hospital but they went home. One well, of the secretaries said, oh my goodness, that's so sad. And I said, no, 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 not the big home, they went to their home here. So. I'm real careful now to say they got discharged from the hospital, alright? Yeah, careful about that, Lynn, alright. Well, today is 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. And uh, I may need uh, the security guards to get out of here today. 1 Peter 3, 1 through 7 deals a lot with the wife. It deals a lot with women. And so uh, I'm going to be as good as I can and biblical and tactful. And um, I, I'm never real good at those things, but I will try my best. I started to call this study A Word to the Wives is Sufficient. But I thought, well, I better not do that. And so uh, I just said, well, we'll talk about the family, family issues. I uh, heard the story about Adam and Eve when God made them. God, you know, made Adam from the dust. And then God put Adam to sleep. And uh, while he was asleep, God did a little surgery. God removed a rib from his side and made Eve. One person said, God did not take a rib Or God did not take a bone from the foot showing that woman should be at His feet. And God did not take a bone from the head saying that the woman should be above Him but by His side, so He took the rib. And I think that is a good analogy. Now Peter here in 1 Peter chapter 3 uses a word that we're going to talk about, the word submissive. But before we get to that, I do think we're living in a day and time where there is a situational ethic concerning the home. In fact, the whole Christian life today seems to be uh, based on a situational ethic by people today. There are those who claim that they're saved, but yet by their life, you wouldn't really know it. Because they live one way at church... And then they act another way when they leave church. They live one way at work and then they live a different way when they leave work. One way in the family and then a different way when they're not with the family. It is a situational ethic. In other words, they justify what they do according to the situation. It's like... uh, The guy who got in trouble and called into the office and denies everything, all of a sudden has a memory lapse. And because of that situation, he can act that way. And then when he's outside of that atmosphere, he can act a different way. So, if Christ is the Lord of your life, that means he's the boss of your life. And that means that he's the boss of your life in the church. In the workplace, in your family, and in your leisure time. One person said, He is Lord of all, or He's not Lord at all. Romans chapter 14 verse 9 is a great verse on that. Romans 14 9 says, For to this end Christ died and lived again, that He might be Lord both of the dead and the living. And so, Jesus died and rose again that He might be the boss of your life. The Lord of your life. Every single area. This coming Wednesday, i uh, I got three things to do. I've got uh, Bible study at 7 a.m. And then I'll be the speaker at P&L at noon. And then I've got prayer meeting that night. And so pray for me. That's three. But anyway, uh, in p I'm going to talk about Romans 8.28 and how that your life is a puzzle, but God knows how all the pieces fit together. And you think about that. Here's my home life. God ought to be Lord, or Christ ought to be Lord of that. Here's my work life. Christ ought to be Lord of that. Every piece of your life ought to be under the Lordship of Christ. Now, Peter, having talked about a lot of different issues, now focuses on the family. And in the first century, there was a lot of disruption in the family. Because the family was really the downfall of the Roman Empire. When the family went down in Rome the Roman Empire fell. And that reminds us that in Christian America, if there is a devolution of the family, it will be the end of America as we know it. The family has got to be strong in order for God to work in our country today. I I know sometimes there are conflicts in marriage. And I've heard people say, well... I just can't help it. And I want to say to that, there's a good Greek word for that baloney. (laughs) Nonsense. (laughs) To say that you cannot control your temper is just nonsense. Now I can prove it. Let's say that you and your wife are having a discussion. Let's say that you and your wife are having a heated discussion. Well, let's just say you're having a fight, okay? And I mean, boy, you're going at it. She's yelling, you're yelling, the kids are crying, and the dogs are howling, alright? I mean, it's all breaking loose. And you are at fever pitch. I mean, you are just going at it. And all of a sudden, your phone rings. And you all of a sudden stop that argument, and you walk over there and get your phone. And you go, "Hello." <laughs> Don't tell me that you can't control it. You can. I had a minister of music one time, and uh, he bought a brand new van, and uh, he and his wife and daughter were going to Sonic before church. It's on a Wednesday night. So they went to Sonic, and that sweet little girl, about nine years of age, she got a big old chocolate shake. Now you know what's going to happen. He hit the brakes, shake goes in the floor, it's running down that brand new carpet in that brand new van. Boy, he tore into her, tore into his wife. Just, I mean, lambasted all of them. And then Kathy, his wife, said this, Keith, when we get to church in just a moment, I want you to be just like you are with us, with them, when we get to church. And he said, oh, I can't do that. And she said, that's right. Listen, we need to be as sweet and as kind at at home as we are at church. I guarantee you, you guys are pretty sweet today. I look at Frank up there. Frank is sweet today, alright? Like always. Like always, that's right. Let's all bow together and pray for Frank, alright? No, I I tell you, we, we do. We all need to be as sweet as we are out here in public. Now, Peter talking to that first century church says that we can silence the critics we can lead people to Christ by the witness of the home so let's go ahead and read i'll just go ahead and read 1 through 7 in your bible first peter chapter 3 verses 1 through 7 in the same way you wives be submissive to your own husbands so that even if any of them are disobedient to the Word, they may be one without a word by the behavior of their wives, as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. Your adornment must not be merely external, braiding the hair and wearing gold jewelry or putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart, with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. For in this way, in former times, the holy women also who hoped in God used to adorn themselves being submissive to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you have become her children if you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. Whew! Y'all pray for me, alright? I'm going to give you four instructions today. Alright? My Bible studies and sermons are like baloney. You can just chop them up here. Alright, I'm going to give you four four instructions on the Christian woman and the godly husband. Alright, first instruction. The Christian woman's relation to her husband. And that's found in verses 1 and 2. Do you realize... That there are six verses to the woman and one verse to the man. Now it's not because the women need six times as much instruction. That's not it. But here's the reason why. There were six times as many women in the church as there were when, as there were men. Look at any church. It always seems like there are more women in the church. In fact, in this church, there were probably a lot of widows in that church. And so, Peter reaches up, grabs a word that gets our attention. It is the word submit. Women are to live a submissive life. And that word submissive there, we found it last week. It's the word... Hupotasso, it means to align your life under authority. In fact, in chapter 2, verse 13, look back there in 1 Peter 2, 13. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority. Same word. And so... Peter uses that word submit again. Now, verse number one in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1, I want to read that verse in the Amplified Bible. So, listen to this from the Amplified Bible. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. In like manner, you married women, be submissive to your own husbands subordinate yourselves as being secondary to and dependent on them. And adapt yourself to them so that even if any do not obey the Word of God, they may be won over not by discussion but by the godly lives of their wives. Now, when we talk about submission... There ought to be a limitation to that submission. And notice here in verse number 1, who are they to, to submit to? Their own husbands. There is a problem when women go to the workplace and someone in the workplace tries to use this verse to say that every woman needs to be submissive to every man. That is wrong. That is wrong. The Bible says there is a limitation here to your own husband. Alright? Now, there's a definite impression from this. The Bible says, they may be one without a word. Do you realize this is the only time in Scripture where God calls for a totally silent witness. No talking. Now, there's not to be nagging when it comes to leading someone to Christ. That does not work. There is not to be scolding. That does not work. But the Bible says by a silent witness you will win your husband to Christ. Alright, let me move on. Number two. (coughs) The Christian woman's relation to herself. And that's found in verses 3 and 4. In the first century, there was a lot of emphasis on outward appearance. Is there today? Oh, you bet. I mean, look at the commercials. If you wear this, you'll smell better. If you wear this, you'll attract men. If you put this makeup on, it'll make you prettier. I mean, glamour shots. On and on we could go. Now, I'm all for makeup. <clears throat> I'm all for beauty shops. I'm all for all those things. But the priority should not be on outward adornment, it ought to be on inward adornment. Have you ever seen someone who probably, boy, i tell you, I'm, I'm trying to be careful, <laughs> but have you ever seen someone who just had such a beauty and, and there was a glow in their life? I mean, it was like a bride walking down the aisle. I mean, all brides are just they're just gorgeous because they're beaming. Well, Peter says there is a godly beauty. Now, look at verse number three. Your adornment must not be, look at the word merely external. Braiding the hair, wearing gold jewelry, or putting on dresses. Now, I can say something for the men too. You know, men tend to get in front of the mirror too and do some printing. You know, men they they kind of look at, you know, how many hairs are getting gray or you know, how many hairs are losing. They they kind of look there in the mirror and check themselves out and so it's not just women as much time as we spend on getting ready physically. We ought to spend that much time on getting ready spiritually for church. Well, let me move on. I survived that, all right? Number three. Number three, the Christian woman's relation to her heritage. Now, Peter says, All the holy women, you've got a great heritage in the past. And he mentions one woman in particular. Who is that? Sarah. Why Sarah? Well, because Sarah put up with a lot, didn't she? Sarah had to put up with Hagar. Sarah had to put up with waiting on the promise. I mean, she's about a hundred years of age, and all of a sudden she gets pregnant. How would you ladies like that? Yeah, you want a baby, but not at a hundred, right? Sarah, the Bible says here, called Abraham Lord in verse number 6. Now, How many of you ladies are going to go in today and say, Lord, Lord, to your husband? No, you're not going to do that. I uh, went to a conference one time and... uh, God was talking about how that every husband ought to be the king of his house. I had a deacon that said, if I go home and tell Ethel that, she'll crown me king. (laughs) With a skillet. Well, the Bible says that Sarah is an example because she was willing to leave Ur and go nowhere. She was walking by faith. Having a baby at an old age, she was always submissive to her husband because she realized by placing her life under His authority, God would take care of her. Now ladies, there are going to be times when you and your husband are going to disagree about a decision. And here's what you do. You just say, okay... I'm going to yield this one to you. And husband, I want you to know that if you mess up, (laughs) it's on you. But, God's going to take care of me because I'm aligning my life under your leadership. And I believe that is the biblical way. I also want to say this. Any smart husband knows that the best counselor you've got is your wife. And I thank God I I have made some bad choices in my life because I made them without Pam. I remember one time I bought the absolute worst car I ever bought in my life. And I bought it without Pam. The name of that car I still can't hardly say. And some of you may own that brand. but i think about that car by going buick buick <laughs> now if you own a buick that's great i'm 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 glad for you but to me it's not buick it's buick <laughs> Well, we are to understand that the wife can be a godly counselor, but the wife has a heritage, a biblical heritage to follow, and God's going to honor that with her submissive spirit. All right, men, are you ready? Let's get to you, okay? Number four the Christian husband's relation to his wife. Verse number seven, just one verse. But it is power-packed. Let me read it again. Verse 7. You husbands in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. I would say there's one word there that you need to Pull out. It's the word understanding. Live with your wife in an understanding way. You know, some husbands just don't know their wives. They just don't know the wife. They, They don't understand. What are we to understand about the wife that God's given us? Well, I would say four things. Number one, she's the weaker vessel. That does not mean spiritual. It means physical. She is the weaker vessel physically. Most men are stronger physically than the woman. That's what it's talking about. Number two, we're to understand that she is to be honored. Honored. That means that you put the wife on a pedestal. It means that you open the door for her. It means that when she cooks you a meal, you say, Honey, this is the best thing I've ever put in my mouth. It means that you always put her first. Right beside everybody else in your family, she is first and then the Lord is above them. Well, number three, you're to understand, she is on equal spiritual footing. Do you see this in verse 7? It says she is a fellow heir of the grace of life. Marriage is just for this world. It's not for the other world. It's not for heaven. In other words, in heaven, the Bible says we'll just be children of God there. But marriage is something to enjoy in this world. And there's something very, very special about a husband and wife walking through life together, depending on one another, praying for one another, encouraging one another. That's a very special thing. Now, we're also to understand a fourth thing. And that is, our prayers can be hindered if we do not treat our wives right. Do you see this in verse 7? It says, so that your prayers will not be hindered. And what does that mean? It means that it's possible that your prayer life will suffer if your home life is messed up. It means that that your relationship with the Lord cannot be right if your relationship with your wife is messed up. Now, marriage if it's done right, has a godly wife submitting to her husband. And it has a godly husband who loves his wife as Christ loved the church and wants to lay down his life for his wife. The Bible knowledge commentary says according to 1 Peter chapter 3, the powerful priority of a godly woman's life can soften soften even the stoniest male heart without a word." Oh, what a tremendous witness that is. Let me close and talk about the guy who wrote these words. Simon Peter eventually got to Rome. And when Peter got to Rome, there in Rome he was arrested we believe that Simon Peter and his wife both died their death there in Rome. Asubius, the church historian, said that Peter and his wife were both arrested, and that Peter's wife was taken outside the city to be crucified. And Peter had to watch his wife be crucified upon a cross. And as Simon Peter watched his wife being crucified, Simon Peter said to her these words, Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. And then after her death, then they took Simon Peter. And as they were about to crucify him, he said, I'm not worthy to die like my Lord. Crucify me upside down. So they turned Simon Peter head downward and crucified Him to a cross head downward. And I've got to believe this. In glory, they were reunited before the Lamb of God that gave His life for them. That's what Christian marriage is. It's husband and wife walking the life of faith together and being reunited in glory before the Lamb of God. Let's pray together. Father, thank You for Your Word today. Lord, I just pray that You would bless these who are here with a Christian home and a Christian marriage. Father, what a powerful witness a Christian home can be. Father, there are some women here today. I know they're here by themselves. Some are widows but some are here possibly without their husband. And I pray that they can live such a godly witness before that husband. That Lord, even without a word, that husband can be won to Christ. And Father, I pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all have a great day.